Hey folks. As usual, another busy news week to make sense of. Yesterday, the Electoral College voted to affirm President-elect Joe Biden's victory to become the next president of the United States. Still, President Trump and his allies continue to challenge the election results, though time has essentially run out. Also yesterday, Bill Barr resigned, ending his tenure as Attorney General, which was widely criticized for politicizing the Department of Justice. Meanwhile, the Supreme Court rejected an effort from Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton to block vote certification in four states that voted for Biden. This decision marked Trump's second loss in the court that week. And Hunter Biden announced that his taxes are under federal investigation. Ann Milgram and I discuss this and more on the Cafe Insider podcast. Today, we're sharing a clip from the episode with listeners of Stay Tuned. To hear our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, try the membership free for two weeks. You can do that at cafe.com slash insider. That's cafe.com slash insider. College students with a valid.edu email can head to cafe.com slash student and sign up at a lower rate. Again, that's cafe.com slash student. We look forward to having you as a part of the insider community. Everyone has some line other than Trump. So you put Trump in a category of his own. He has no line. He doesn't care. And then you have other people who are sycophantic and kind of do the bidding of the president. I kind of put Jeff Sessions in that category. But but he had a line, which is the ethics officers at the Department of Justice said, for appearance reasons, he should recuse himself from all matters relating to the Russia probe. And he did. Right? Even Fox News. So take it outside of the, the category of you know, particular human beings. Even Fox News propelled Donald Trump, set the agenda in a way that, that helped Donald Trump, played down the virus, did all sorts of other things that I think reasonable journalists should not have done. Uh, but then they, from time to time, you know, utter the truth, and they, they have some line. And in all of these instances, at the end of the day, they have upset Donald Trump and Donald Trump supporters, and they end up earning the most wrath from his supporters. At that rally Donald Trump did a couple of weeks ago, the media outlet that was yelled at the most, that was mocked the most, was Fox News because they had gone, you know, rogue on Trump. And and Bill Barr, I mean, I wonder if part of it is as as you and I both, and I will not speak for you, but you know, I was mistaken when Bill Barr came on the scene and suggested he's an establishment guy, you know, don't agree with him on a lot of things and he's very conservative, but an institutionalist. And I wonder if part of this and again, this is all, you know, speculation about a hypothesis, as they say in Miller's Crossing. If part of this is is trying to save his own reputation as an institutionalist, knowing that he's going down the tubes, knowing that the president doesn't feel so fond of him anymore, that he sort of ostentatiously did a couple of these things to rescue his own reputation among his friends and colleagues in the bar. Is that silly or not? I don't I don't know. I think, you know, Bill Barr threw his hat in with the president and and became in many ways, I think, the president's most ardent cabinet supporter. I mean, remember Bill Barr, you know, with when the president wanted to go to St. John's Cathedral in Washington, D.C., when they had protesters during the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, Barr is the one who had told the law enforcement folks that the the square should be cleared. I mean, he denied giving the order at that moment in time, but he admitted that he had earlier in the day said, you know, get it done. But right? it was done, right? He is the passive voice in some way. <laughs> to, 
to deny yes, responsibility. It should be done. Or I, I don't remember the specifics, but it was clear he he played a role in having the sort of law enforcement folks clear that clear that block. And so, you know, he's been the president's right hand at a lot of critical times. Um, and the president has I think, a deep disregard for the rule of law. I mean, he just doesn't, and we'll talk about it when it comes to the Supreme Court and the president's appointments and the president believing that because he appointed people into positions that they owe him and have to do his bidding. And so, you know, I think Barr has been a loyal lieutenant. What I think could have happened, and again, you know, we don't know the inside baseball and we don't know whether the president fired him, whether the president would have fired him. The president certainly, you know, it's not unusual for him to go on a tirade. I mean, he has tweeted against Chris Ray, the director of the FBI. He has tweeted against the head of the CIA, right? And so, but they haven't been fired. And so we, we don't know. I just want to sort of speculate, but caution, like it's really, it's really difficult to know without, without reporting on, on sort of the inside baseball. But I also think it's possible that Barr got to a point where he realized he could be fired. I don't think Bill Barr wants yeah, to be fired. I, think that's true. I mean, he's, he's like the ultimate, right? He's like the ultimate loyalist. He did not make the decision you made, which was like, I'm going to do what's right. And if you want to fire me, fire me. Bill Barr's made a decision of like, you know, he staked his reputation on being this president's most ardent defender and a defender of the president's vision. And we should talk about Barr's resignation letter because I think that's like, it's up there pre- with Rod Rosenstein's. Well, I, there's a lot of compar- there's a lot of parallels there. So not only did Bill Barr not want to be fired, and not only did Rod Rosenstein not want to be fired, they also don't want to hear a cross word from the president. They don't want to be tweeted negatively about, they kind of want to leave on the best terms possible. And they understand, you know, a lengthy textual stroking of the ego of Donald Trump would probably, you know, cause the president to sort of amicably say, thank you for your service, you were terrific, and then move on, which is what happened here. And this letter, boy, it's, um, I mean, it, boy, it doesn't thank right. Trump for his sense of humor and the long chats that I think Rod Rosenstein long, long walks, walks on the, the beach, beach pina coladas, and getting <laughs> caught in the rain. <laughs> Rod Rosenstein's wasn't Quite that bad, but it was basically oh, I, like there were the, no pin, yes. you mentioned pina coladas. I thought it was he pretty did, bad getting caught in the rain. <laughs> That's I always think about it as the pina colada. Letter. I don't think he mentioned making love at midnight. That is definitely true. Even still, like I said, everyone has a line. Even Rod Rosenstein has has a line. How far you will go. So this letter, pre. Let me ask you this: Who wrote it? Uh, Ivanka Trump. <laughs> <laughs> did Bill Barr write it? I bet he did write it. <laughs> did Bill Barr write it? You don't think that the White House gave him some language? Well, maybe, but if but if the White if if the president had given him language, there would be more exclamation marks. And it would mm. it would be less than all caps. You know what's missing from this letter? Um hearts. um what did you when you when the president fired you did you send out a note to the employees in the southern district yeah in fact as i sat in my office waiting to be fired and get that call because i knew it was coming that saturday afternoon all that remained was writing a thank you note to the to the staff and to the lawyers and yeah exactly nothing about what did you say i mean you basically i i said you know something along the lines of you're the best people I've ever worked with, and it was an honor and a privilege to serve with you. I don't, I don't have the exact words, and I don't have a copy of the email because then I lost a- access to the system. And how proud! And of them. do you know what's missing from Bill Barr's I know what you're letter? Say. Go ahead. He he did not thank the men and women of the Department of Justice no. a single time. Well, he once compared them to um, 
What do you compare them to, preschoolers? It is so glaring to me. I mean, I read the letter the first time with the pina colada lens on of the wow. Um, I read it a second time with a, is he running for office? Because this is a political speech. This is not a, a, a lawyer's letter. This is not a cabinet member's lawyer. This is a rah-rah Trump victory campaign fundraising letter kind of thing. It's it's not it's not at all what you would expect. And then the third time I read it, I thought, God, you know, when I left being AG, the single most important thing to me was to say thank you to the men and women of the department, the amazing men and women I'd worked with. And I am sure I knew before you even said it that that's what well, you would have I, I've done. told the story. I've told the story a number of times. The thing that made me the saddest on that Saturday afternoon, I was being fired and had to leave the building. And I was in my office with June Kim, my deputy, and, and with Joan Lochnane, whom I, who was the chief counsel, who were kind of babysitting me as I was about to be fired. And I said, I was very sad because I said, I'm not gonna be able to say goodbye to everyone in person. And, and I was getting a little bit emotional about it. And they looked at me and they said, well, you know, you can come back on Monday and we'll let you in the building. And I'm like, you will? And that calmed me down. So yeah, so the, the, you and I, I think have the right sentiments here. Maybe there's another occasion on which Bill Barr will do it, but the fact that he, he, he chose not to, to say anything about the people in the department who do all the work, by the way. Even one line of thank you. Yeah, who do all the work. It's is telling. And there was a lot of I, 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 I about Bill Barr. And then there was a lot of you, you, you about the president. But it, it's really, it's an astonishing letter. And in my view also, and I, and I really just cannot believe the letter in some ways, and, and I'll read the part, but I think he crossed a line that he shouldn't have crossed. And it was it's deeply partisan and political in a way that I don't believe that the Attorney General of the United States should be. People disagree. I mean, part of being a lawyer is that you go into court and you argue with people. I mean, there are two sides in every litigation dispute. It's well, part sometimes of you what argue with you your do. client too. And yeah, yes, that's true too. But it, it's not personal and it's not meant to, you know, we don't vilify one another, right? I mean, we may deeply disagree with with other litigants or people who were were sort of up against, but but the tone of this letter is is not that. Do you think the first draft said dear leader? <laughs> instead of dear mr president i think it probably did and then maybe the deputy attorney general or somebody else fixed it for him so here's the lines that i am particularly focused on but i want to hear some of your favorite lines but it, it says dear mr president it was written yesterday december 14 2020 and i'm going down to the second paragraph and by the way i will also note that the first sentence is I appreciate the opportunity to update you this afternoon on the department's review of voter fraud allegations in the 2020 election. (laughs) Yes, and how these allegations will continue to be pursued, meaning, oh, I I may have said, uh, excuse me, I may have said publicly (laughs) that there's no election fraud and that it's over, but I'm telling you now for the purposes of my resignation letter letter, that there's still review going on. Will you be my Valentine? Kind of thing. Yes. Um, And he goes on to say in the second paragraph, quote, your record is all the more historic because you accomplished it in the face of relentless, implacable resistance. Your 2016 victory speech, in which you reached out to your opponents and called for working together for the benefit of the American people, was immediately met by a partisan onslaught against you in which no tactic, no matter how abusive and deceitful, was out of bounds. He goes on. Can I read another one along these lines? That just appeals to the most aggrieved politician in the history of the world. 
Donald J. Trump. He says, quote, few could have weathered these attacks, much less forge ahead with a positive program for the country. And then he goes, he goes outside of his lane, right? Outside of issues relating to the Justice Department. You built the strongest and most resilient economy in American history, one that has brought unprecedented progress to those previously left out. Is he, is he following the latest news on the economy? Does he understand the unemployment rate? Does he under, nope, does, I don't I mean, think does he, he is. Is he paying attention to anything that's going on in the United States of America or in the world? The letter goes on in this vein. And look, I think it accomplishes the immediate purpose of, of Bill Barr, which is to pacify the president, leave on good terms, not be mean tweeted at, and ride into the sunset. So I guess, you know, good for you, Mr. Barr. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, it's it's really not a letter about the Department of Justice. It's largely about the president's, and this is why I asked you who wrote it, it's about the president's, what the president would tout as his political achievements, Operation Warp Speed, military strength, appointing judges, the economy. And so it's it's really fascinating. I mean, there is a shout out to law enforcement. In paragraph four. Um, it doesn't come to you know, paragraph like four. Paragraph four. And it, it's both, it looks like it's just law enforcement in general who risk their lives to keep our community safe. But that that's sort of one of the like 10 things. Um, he talks about the vaccine. It's a really, really strange letter. And yeah, it, it's a really strange letter. All right. So, so now let's do what anchors on responsible television did last night and go back to what's truly important, not just the attorney general having left a few weeks early and his legacy kind of speaks for itself. But, you know, this final case that everyone thought would be Thank you for listening. To hear the full episode, head to cafe.com slash insider and try out the membership free for two weeks. Interested students with a valid.edu email can head to cafe.com slash student. To the many of you who have chosen to join the insider community, thank you for supporting our work. 